When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. After a one-week hiatus, we are back here at the Fenway Rundown, Mass Lives Red Sox podcast. I'm Chris Cotillo, your host. Slow times right now for the Red Sox, who are not participating in the postseason. After a last-place finish, they are, I assume, because we're not hearing much from them these days, getting ready for the offseason, which will begin in earnest in uh, about early November, mid-November, about five days after the World Series, which is obviously pushed back a few days this year because of the lockout delaying the start to the season. But it's not too early for us to preview those kind of big decisions the Red Sox need to make heading in to November. J.D. Martinez, Michael Waka, Nate Evaldi, qualifying offer candidates. Will those guys get that qualifying offer of $19.65 million? What will the Red Sox do with Xander Bogarts? That, I think, is the biggest question facing the team. Will James Paxton come back? Even would Chris Sale even consider opting out of the remaining three years on his deal? These are the types of things that we're going to discuss today, joined by Chris Smith, as I often am. Now let's get right to it. This is someone you're not going to hear a lot of uh, this offseason on this program because there is a lot of paternity leave uh, in the future for Chris Smith and uh, I guess a lot of work for me kind of uh, as a result of that, which is good. I guess keeps me busy during the downtime. But um, even on a week off for him this week, we're going to pull him in. Chris Smith, who obviously covers the Red Sox alongside me at Mass Live. Uh, not much going on in the world of the Red Sox the last few weeks. There are three very exciting waiver claims there. Caleb Hamilton, Easton McGee, Jake Reed. I think I got all three of their names right. Wrote about them yesterday. Edward Bizardo is a free agent. Uh, I would say the biggest moment for the Red Sox in the last couple weeks since uh, at least the last episode of this and since the end of the regular season was yesterday driving around uh, some of the su- suburbs around here. Uh, I saw Heim Bloom in the car. And that was it. That was the... That is, I don't know what he was doing, where he was going, who he was talking to, um, if he was on the phone, um, but he is, he is alive. So we have that, and uh, uh, he was spotted yesterday in the car. Any, any, what is the highlight of your off season so far? Uh, the highlight of my off season. Let's see. Um, getting spit up all over constantly and changing my outfit five times a day. Oh, good. For those who don't know, Chris has kids. That's a baby. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that, that could have sounded weird bad. stuff are you getting into? <laughs> uh, so, but yeah. we're going to, we are going to set kind of the scene, I think, today for what should be really busy Red Sox offseason. Until some of these things at the beginning of the offseason play out, it's hard to really get into, you know, who they could pursue. Obviously, there's holes on the roster, there's ways they can fill that early. As we sit here, you know, the ALDS is concluding. The the championship series are going to start in the next couple of days. And then you get toward the point where the offseason becomes upon us. The offseason for the Red Sox will be starting somewhere in the range of like November 5th to November 10th. There's going to be a lot of news then. Options, qualifying offers, uh, the Xander Bogarts decision, a few big decisions affecting this team. Um, as well as the GM meetings beginning in Vegas. So there are, uh, I think that that week of November 5th, which is a Saturday, November 7th, a Monday, that week we're going to start seeing some action 
uh, some big decisions being made and it's going to really shape the rest of the Red Sox off season. So, you know, in years past, I think you safe to say, you know, things were going to wait until December. Things are going to wait till January for us to really know, you know, the, the, the meat of a Red Sox off season, the here, you're going to know a lot, you know, by the end of November or by the first week of November. So we're going to try to preview that kind of condense it into 20, 30 minutes here and kind of tell you what we think is going to be happening, um, which is a lot. So the first thing, I think the most important thing uh, to set the Red Sox offseason in motion is the Xander Bogart situation. Everybody knows it by now. He signed a six-year, $120 million contract three years ago. He played through, you know, 19 or played under that deal 20 and 21 and 22. He has three years, 60 million remaining left on that deal, but he can opt out. And after the career he's had, he's going to be able to make a significant raise on that $20 million a year if he opts out and hits free agency. So while Xander Bogarts has said that he is, um, you know, hasn't decided if he's going to opt out while the Red Sox keep saying, well, it's his decision. He's under contract. That's all kind of BS because he is obviously unequivocally going to opt out. And that gives us the question of how much is Xander Bogarts worth a year after a year this year, he's probably going to get MVP votes. He was qualifying for the batting title, obviously faded there a little at the end. The numbers right there, that number of how much he's going to make per year really determines a lot of what the Red Sox are going to do. I say that number's probably 33, 34 million, Chris. It's definitely a lot higher than 20. Um, Where would you peg Xander Bogarts value and, and obviously this is a dumb question, but it's a no brainer for him to exercise that opt out. Yeah. So I would think you're right. I mean, 30, 31 at the minimum, right? Like, Mm -hmm. and that might be, that might also, you know, lower average annual value if he gets more years or whatever. Um, But is it, you know, the, the free agent market's going to be, you know, huge for shortstops. I mean, like, you know, you, so he's got other people too. I mean, there's other mm-hmm. people that the Red Sox can get. Um, there's other people, there's other shortstop people will be interested in. And, you know, when you look at Bogarts, yes, he had a good year. He had a good year offensively. Uh, he had a good year defensively. I think it was yep. two defensive runs saved, mm-hmm. which is the most of his career. He had never been in the, in the positives in defensive runs saved. And, but you also look at it as there's going to be no shift next year. There's going to be no shifts next year range is much more important and how will he do defensively next year how long can he stay at the shortstop position at his age his height weight yada 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 yep. i mean obviously he's a he's a extremely fit but he's still a big guy and mm-hmm. that's demanding position especially when you look at how the shortstop position is going to change you know and how infield is going to change without the shifts right so um you he know just turned just turned 30 yeah. So it's like, you know, we'll see. Um, he's going to get paid, but is he worth that? Um, you know, is he is obviously is, is uh, slugging and, and um, home runs went down a little bit uh, last couple of years. And so, mm-hmm. you know, or do you go out and Stein Correa, who, you know, is a better defensive shortstop, even though he actually Boris had better defensive numbers than this year, but mm-hmm you know, who would you say is the better defender, um, especially with the shift situation going next year. And then, you know, or you could, you know, Trey, Trey Turner, um, you know, and, and uh, who's the other one? Dansby Swanson. Oh, Dansby Swanson. And he's good defense. I mean, he's really good defensively, right? Yeah. 
so yeah so like there's good there's i could see how bloom might like other people besides bogarts yeah i just think like and he you know bloom is even kind of copped this already like you know the intangibles with xander guy that you have a guy who the fan base is in love with what he means to the clubhouse what he means to the team like it's tough obviously to put a money monetary value on that but like it's something right i mean that that's something where maybe you pay a little bit more for that guy because he's your guy i don't know if bloom really looks at things that way you know i think his his mo would probably suggest that maybe he doesn't he said you know at least on the bradford show rob bradford's podcast over at weei that you know that's something that does matter um and so we'll see. Do you think do you think Bogarts would take five for one fifty from the Red Sox? Um how how much is that annual? <laughs> Thirty. It's a very simple 30. math equation. Yeah. Yes. Uh I don't know. I really I, I don't know. It's tough to say. I mean, I don't think that he's I think he wants to stay with the Red Sox. Yeah, I think so too. Um, but I also think that, you know, he's after signing such a team friendly deal the last time and, you know, having Scott Worst as his agent, you know, they're going to want fair market value and, you know, how that stacks up against other guys that are on the free agent market. So I, I just, that, that also makes it tough, like in that five day negotiating window, you know, following the season. Well, um, that doesn't really matter. They can negotiate now. Yeah, I know. I'm just saying that, you know, yeah. I mean, even now it makes it difficult because they might yeah. want to compare to other people. They won't, they want certain guys to come off the market before he mm -hmm. signs too. Which isn't, you know, not going to happen in the next month, obviously. You know, I don't think you're going to see, I mean, Swanson, I guess, might sign extension, but I don't think Correa or Turner would. Um, no. So, you know, I think the last thing we heard, Sean McAdam on the day after the season report of the Red Sox that met with Bogarts, in a formal setting at Fenway multiple times, the owners had expressed, you know, how much um, they've wanted to lock him up, all the stuff. And, and I think, you know, I'm Bloom saying he's our number one priority. That starts right away. I think that it's fair to say that there have been talks over the last two weeks. Obviously, we don't know exactly, you know, how far they've, they've gone or, or if they've gotten close. I, I kind of think that, you know, in my mind at this point, like he's already, what, three weeks away from free agency. He might as well test what other teams have to say right like i mean if you've got yeah, this I would far think so. then you know especially with the boris factor as you said i would guess that i kind of see it like i i, I do I, I do think it 60 40 that he comes back or like 65 35 like i do think that that are, there's a good chance he comes back the wild card is your your thing if they like somebody better okay like turner swanson correa whatever um but I, I really don't think, barring a miracle, that a deal gets done before he can become a free agent in the middle of November. I think um, you know, that ship probably sailed. Yeah. So I would, people are saying that, you know, there's no chance he'll come back or whatever. I, I would put it up with you. I would say that that, you know, that is, those percentages are correct. I, mm -hmm. I, I think as the season went on from hearing what they said, from what uh, Bloom said, from what Kennedy said. And I think it's also important to look at it as like, you know, I mean, it is Bloom making the baseball decisions, but, you know, Kennedy, um, um, John Henry owns the team and yep. they're coming off a bad year. And, you know, I mean, it's, if you are coming off of last place season, you're getting bad, you know, not bad press, but bad, you know, you're, you're getting, it's, it's, you know, you're falling it's behind the other teams too. You're falling behind the other teams in town and, you know, it's very difficult then to 
you know, let the face of your franchise walk. I would say that he is the face of the team right mm -hmm. right now. Yep. And so that's a factor too. I mean, you know, you look at, they're giving bloom, you know, all this power and everything. However, you know, we're also talking about, you know, like bloom on the hot seat if he doesn't you know start turning things around like within the next year right, right. and so ultimately decisions are uh up to henry and he could you know he could be the one that that wants this and and that it could happen because of that reason yeah and i still you know i agree with that i don't think it's going to happen quickly so barring a surprise he hits free agency along with a lot of other really important red sox players let's get to that now there'll be you know we've talked a lot of bogarts all year worth talking about now but again don't really know where things stand there um i think they're talking i don't know how much progress there's been made um and it, it kind of all quiet out of fenway for the last two weeks i think you know right when that decision has to be made which for him is going to be if there's no deal easy decision to opt out the red Sox are going to have you know more difficult decisions on qualifying offers for you know certain players i know you wrote about this the other day there are four guys on the team that you could make a case deserve a qualifying offer to refresh everybody on what that is. It is the same offer, the same amount of money for each player. This year, it's it's what, 19.65? yeah. Okay, so like, you know, $19,650,000 on a one-year deal. That is, it's very simple. You can offer that to a player if he accepts it. He's back at that, at that rate for 2023. Um, if the player declines, you get draft pick compensation. If he signs elsewhere, that's a little bit more complicated. The whole CBT thing plays into it. Uh, the details, I believe, you know, you have in your piece and we've written a billion times, but it really comes down to, they either come back kind of on an automatic one year, 1965 deal, or they decline and you get compensation. If they sign elsewhere, there are four guys in the Red Sox who are, you know, potentially going to get that. I think it's fair to say Rich Hill and Matt Strom will not be the candidates to get that out of the free agents. So the four guys they have are Bogarts, who we talked about, J.D. Martinez, Nate Evaldi, and Michael Walker. We'll get it out of the way. Bogarts is a no-brainer. If they don't have a deal done by then, they will issue that $19.65 million, $19 million offer to Bogarts. He will turn it down. No surprise, all the best free agents do that every year. The other three cases are much more interesting because there is at least theoretically a case to make to offer it to all three of them. And there is a case to make that all three of them could, if offered, accept it. We'll start with J.D. Martinez, obviously a down year this year. That is uh, just about the same as he made in 2022 and has been making the last couple of years. I think the exact number on his salary, uh, $19 million. 350,000. So it'd be a $300, 300, $300,000 raise, not $300. Um, to me, I say, I think it's pretty clear the Red Sox are looking elsewhere in that D8 spot, whether they rotate people in or go for, you know, I think Sean McAdam wrote about Jose Abreu and, and there's some other ideas out there. To me, it's a pretty easy decision to not give JD the qualifying offer. Um, I, I think you probably agree with that and have him, you know, test the market. For me, that would be a no-brainer for him to come back at that price in his shoes. I just don't think the Red Sox are willing to pay it after a year where he was down across the board. Yeah, so I actually mentioned Abreu in my DH thing, and you know he had 15 home runs where, right. you know, uh, Martinez had six. You're, you know, you're concerned about power with JD. Mm -hmm. You know what happened to Abreu? His numbers were great otherwise. He had 40 doubles. Uh, JD Martinez had 43. You know, his OPS was over 800, yada, yada, yada. His batting average is good. 
but it's like, you know, uh, are you going to pay a Jose Abreu, uh, mm-hmm. who's going to be 36 this offseason? Yeah. JD Martinez just turned 35, and both of their offensive uh, power numbers have, have dropped. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and so uh, you look at it, and it's like I would, I could see Bloom wanting a situation where you know, he gets the best player possible the best hitter possible but like you know so that doesn't mean like you know you have to have a full-time dh you know get the if he thinks the best hitter you know and i know trey mancini isn't the best hitter out there but yeah. if he thinks trey mancini is the best hitter for this team yada 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 mm-hmm. you know sign him uh rotate him in the outfield first base dh uh trevor story xander bogarts of your signs those guys get you know opportunities at yep, the dh save some yeah save some guys uh you know some mileage on their legs um throughout the season and i think they yeah i mean i think it's a no-brainer as you said that martinez would take it simply because you know he was coming off a much better season last year and Mm -hmm. he opted in for you know 19.375 when he could have become a free agent right uh the past two years he's opted in for that type of money so why wouldn't he opt in this year especially (laughs) is it three years yeah yeah, but I think the the two years it went down tonight. Mm-hmm. I don't know, whatever. But yeah, uh, he has opted in three straight years. So, um, you know, like the Red Sox, while they would want obviously compensation for him, they also know that you know if they offer it to him, he's likely going to take it, and so they right. have to do what's best for him. Which means, you know, don't offer him the qualifying offer if that's the direction. And I think that when we were at the end of the year press conference, it you know, from the way Bloom talked, the way Cora talked, and the way the media was asking questions, it sounded like, you know, <laughs> everybody thinks he's kind of gone. Right, for sure, including him. I mean, he said there's always a path, and I was talking about this with somebody that day, like 10% chance he comes back at the right price, right? But like, you know, not on the qualifying offer for sure. The two guys, the two pitchers, I think, there are legitimate 50-50 cases almost. You know, I don't know how you feel about them, like, on both things like do you offer them both or do you and would they accept it like Michael Walker and Nate Evaldi are both veteran guys who pitched well this year right like if you look at Evaldi's numbers injury aside pitched well Waka pitched well I know he was hurt for part of it they're both guys who I think might take that number you know 19.65 million and I think the Red Sox might be willing to do it I just don't think they'd be willing to do it with both of them um and when it comes down to that, makes me think, like, do you want to give that to Evaldi, who you know really well, or do you want to give it to Waco, who you've only had for a year? And it's just, uh, these are complicated questions. Uh, I don't know really what they're going to do on each, but. Um, so if you can't give it to both, though, like if you can't, you know, I mean, obviously they need to add starting pitching. Yeah. Um, you know, and so, but if you if you feel like you you don't want to commit, $40 million in average annual value to those two pitchers. Yeah. Um, you could always offer to Waka and then try, you know, obviously Avaldi has said many times he wants to come back. And so you, you, you know, you have a guy that is likely to take a hometown discount in a way compared to Waka. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so, you know, you don't offer him the qualifying offer you offer Walker it. And, you know, you try to negotiate maybe a two-year deal with a, a lower average annual value or a three-year 
yeah. the floor averaging that. The only thing with Evaldi is I'd be scared about is, you know, there was obviously the injury and the mm -hmm. before that, before that, um, the the velocity went down. And I don't think it was, I wasn't reading all his velocities when he came back for the final two starts or one start or whatever he had at the end of the season. Yeah. But I don't think, I think it the was velocity wasn't there. Right. No. So like, that's a concern. So I would think maybe that that would prompt them to like those two things, like not offer him. And if they're going to offer one of the guys that is Waka now, does Wa is Waka worth 19 point, you know, six, $5 million. Um, probably not, especially when he's only made, he made 7 million this year. That's quite a, uh, mm -hmm. a raise. However, um, you, as a big market team, <clears throat> You should be able to pay for over, you know, overpay for a year for a guy you like, and right. if you like him, bring him back. And I think like with Waka, it's it's a little different. I think the situations are a little different, just financially. Like, and I'm not saying either of these guys are, you know, guys who are struggling financially. So I hate you know to kind of sound like that compared to you know the normal person or you know us or people like that. But you look at Evaldi. Evaldi's made 82 million in his career. And obviously, he's just coming off four years and making 17 a year. He got the big deal, four for 68. Waka has not gotten that big multi-year deal yet. He's only, only is there no wrong word, but he's made, you know, less than 30 million in his career. He's gone, you know, one-year deals the last three years, 3 million in New York with the Mets, 3 million with the Rays, 7 million this year. Like, I kind of get the feeling based on that. If you've never gotten that deal, you've never gotten that three, four, four-year deal as a pitcher, like, you kind of want to do that, but for him, it probably would be hard to turn down 19.65, right? Yeah. So it's like the, I had mentioned this in that like um, qualifying article. It's like the long-term stability as opposed to you're about to make 19.65 million. That's right. a lot of money for a guy like that. And but, so, I mean, but it's not like, like he, okay, let's say he gets, I don't know four for 60 you're guaranteeing yourself 60 million right like you're only guaranteeing you're guaranteed no matter what so that to me i think might be intriguing to a guy like that yeah i think that i mean we saw it with you know eduardo rodriguez last year mm -hmm. um you know and i i actually thought he would be a candidate but potentially to take the qualifying offer last year especially with the year that he was coming off of i don't think he was that great in 2021 and but yep. you know he obviously rolled the dice and, you know, he knew he could get a multi-year deal and he got, mm -hmm. you know, the whatever guaranteed over seven years, 77. Yep. And so, um, yeah, I mean, I would look at that as like, you know, it, he could go either way with him. He could with take both, it. Right? He could, <laughs> yeah. I, I, with, with the Baldy, I think that he might just take it if they, Oh, I but, think he'd take it if they offered it. Yeah. Yeah. But it could go either way, really. So if you are the Red Sox, who are you offering it to? Um, I'm I would offer it to Michael Walker. I would too. And that's it. Mm -hmm. And that's it. I mean, it's it you know, this goes back to the trade deadline too. I mean, you could have, you know, tried to sign these guys <laughs> yeah. you know, in the offseason after trading them if you really like them or whatever, or you know, I mean, like you're not gonna get any compensation back for them now. Uh which stinks for the Red Sox, you know, like you, you, you could have traded JD Martinez at the deadline and, you know, at points this year when he was an all-star, it looked like he would be a, a no brainer for a qualifier, or a pretty good candidate for a 
for, mm-hmm. for a qualifying offer. And, you know, and so like they, you know, they did it to themselves too. You know, if they don't extend guys qualifying offers and don't get compensation picks back because they should have traded some of these guys at the deadline. Yeah, no, for sure. And, you know, I think those create two very, very interesting decisions. I think probably safely say no on JD, obviously safely say yes on Xander. And then I say it's 50, 50 on both of those guys. I'd say it's 50, 50 that Waka takes it. If you give it to him. And I think it's probably, as you said, 75, 25, that Evaldi would take it if you give it to him, but we'll see what the Red Sox are thinking. I think there's a world in which they say, you know, they don't give it to either guy too. And, and try to, you know, figure it out. I just think with the rotation questions you have, uh, you kind of have to, um, you know, the, 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 the devil, you know, right. That's, that's the saying. I think you, you probably need to lock up one of those guys. I, I think, you know, we're going to talk about two quick opt-outs that are pretty much no brainers, but I just want, it's worth mentioning. Eric Hosmer can opt out of his deal and give up 39 million through 2025. He will be opting into that deal. The Padres will be picking up the rest of it. No big deal. The one that I also, think. And you also mentioned the, uh, that Chris sale has an opt out. That's what I'm going to do. <laughs> And this is only interesting to me because John Tomasi, I think, wrote something in the wake of when Sale had his bike accident. And, like, Sale is guaranteed $55 million through 2024. There's a $20 million club option for 2025. Chris Sale just has to do nothing, and he collects that $55 million. You know, there's deferred money on that, blah, 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 blah. He is wired unlike any player that i've ever met he is you know so down and always talking about he doesn't earn his contract if there were ever a guy who would coming (laughs) off the last two seasons i know it's not going to happen don't laugh he if there's ever a guy coming off the last two seasons that would just say i haven't earned this 55 million dollars i'm going to hit free agency it would be him Yes. And I actually thought of that myself. Like, you know, he feels bad. Like the first, uh, I'm not saying he feels bad. I have no idea. Obviously. Oh, he does. I, I think I mean, he said that, that on the record yeah, so, that he's stealing money from the Red Sox. Yeah. And stuff. So like the first three years of the contract, 2020, 2021, 2022, he's pitched what 40 something innings or whatever mm-hmm. total in the regular season. Didn't pitch, pitch, made one start in 2022, made zero starts in 2020. Yeah. Um, Two starts. But, Don't, you gotta give him credit for the second one in New York. Oh yeah, that's true. I forgot. Well, yeah. did he get hit in the f- first inning of that one? Yeah. Not, not that it doesn't matter, but uh, yeah. it is two starts. But mm-hmm. I just, but yeah, I mean, like you know, that wouldn't set a good precedent though for anybody, you know, any players, anybody in players, and so the MLB players union would not, um, you know, go with that either. Right, and his they, agent would wouldn't, like and that. the agent with the no. commission, and I mean, I will give that. We gave it three minutes of airtime. I'll give it a three percent chance. Three percent chance in a nine. <laughs> That's a big chance. Big. I just, I yeah, seriously, I mean, there's one guy ever, you know. And like, I thought this was a crazy idea when I was first thinking about it, and then I saw that Tomasi wrote it, and I was like, well, you know, someone else is, you know, like if he really feels as bad as he should. I think his angle is like if he really thinks he hasn't earned the contract, this is one great gift he could give to the Red Sox to opt out or renegotiate. No yeah. one's ever done it, like once he signs that deal in 2019, it's his money regardless. But again, 3% to 97, still an interesting thing worth talking about. A couple more things we're going to get to a couple option decisions that I think are fascinating. The Tommy fam one, as you report is actually 12 million in a mutual option. Both sides would have to agree to that salary. 
to me. Like he was great for a couple weeks and just not that good for the rest of the year. Um, that's an easy no, I would assume. So that's another one where it's like, you know, he would probably like that, you know, or he'd probably, yeah. he's probably going to exercise his one, which these mutual options never like, you know, no one ever, these mutual options, one side always declines, right? right. It's usually the player at first it declines. Um, but yeah, the team, it's like, well, 12 million. Um, he is, he is another guy that's what mid thirties or whatnot. Right. Yeah. He's, let me see. 30 it's going to be 35 in march however this is another situation that i wrote that if you want to pay a little bit more for a guy um but like he's not worth know, it he was worth but, 0.4 war this year uh yes and that is correct however like you look at the some of the field uh at corner outfield um you know guys on the market and it's like they're all like had some down years. I mean, Mitch Haniger hit 39 home runs in 2021, but he yep. had injuries this year and only played in 54 games and didn't didn't hit well. Trey Mancini's numbers went way down after you know mm-hmm. he went to Houston and they weren't great for the first whatever months with with the Orioles. And so there's a lot of guys that are question marks. There's not like the only like outfielder. I mean, you know, Jock Peterson, like yeah, he had a great year. But Let's get them on the he, same team. That would be awesome. I actually thought that when I was writing, I was writing about the outfielders. I was like, that would be the perfect scenario where you have Jock Peterson, because especially after what he told, uh, especially Julian. after what Julian, we hit him, we hit him harder. Right. He should have hit him harder. But yeah, that'd be awesome to have both of those guys on the same team. Um, but yeah, I mean, like you know, I just don't see a scenario where the Red Sox would do it. But um, you know, it's out there. There's a better chance that Chris Sale opts out. You think so? In the right side. I, I'm going to put this at one to ninety. It's like it's not a lot of money. I mean, twelve million when you think about it. Right. Not for you. No, I mean, I'm pretty. You know, I'm pretty sad. So. Right. Of course. He doesn't mean that, folks. Last one we'll get to, uh, and this is actually another right down the middle. Could see it going either way. James Paxton. Very interesting uh, situation here for the Red Sox. I think. Obviously, how they view James Paxton goes hand-in-hand with how they're going to deal with the Waka and Evaldi qualifying offers. James Paxton, as everybody knows, coming off Tommy John surgery, signed for the year for last year, uh, did not pitch an inning. He was getting close toward the end of August, and then he ended up with a lat injury in, uh, I guess, a rehab outing in a real game in the first inning in Fort Myers, was shut down, didn't pitch. Um, they really actually liked what they were seeing out of him before that. They liked the velocity. They thought he looked good. That lat strain is something that it's not going to be an issue. He should be actually full go by spring training. Um, I know they say that about Chris Sale too until the next thing happens, but James Paxton is theoretically fully healthy and he will be ready for a full season. The Red Sox have a very unique option on him. It is two years for $26 million. You have to opt into both of the years. You can't say 2023 and not 2024. You can't, uh, if you, and if they decline it, Paxton has a $4 million player option for 2023. I think that that's probably a little too low, but maybe two years for 26 million is a little too high. This is, I think a very complicated one. Um, I think some people think like, yeah, you know, again, it's not that much money. It's a good risk. It could turn into a bargain. He is going to be 34, uh, next month. You get him for his age 34 and 35 seasons at that price, 13 million each, but he's a guy who really, you know, hasn't. He's pitched, I think, one inning in the last two years and 20 
two innings in the last three years because he was hurt in 2020 with the Yankees as well. What do you do there? Yeah, I think you pick up the option, but you also like you're in a good spot too. I know that it, nothing's guaranteed where, you know, he's going to be able to pitch after you've seen him like the whole year. I mean, something else could happen. However, they have, you know, been around him the whole year. I mean, he was in yeah. Fort Myers with their trainers and stuff like that. And, and he was guys. in, Bo- he was with the big league team for like the whole first yeah, half. It, it was there exactly. every day on the road, exactly. the whole thing. So like they've seen him, they know like what, where he's at. I think they have a good evaluation. You know, obviously you would rather have seen him pitch some games at the end of the year, but you know, I think they have a good probably idea. I think that, you know, you're either going to have to, you know, if you want him back, you're going to have to pick that thing up or he's going to be gone because he's not going to pick up his end of it. I would Mm -hmm. not think, Um, which is another thing that I've thought like, (laughs) with the feeling bad for taking money yeah so you took <laughs> i mean he's he's but, canadian so he's that nice probably yeah but right. also but if like the that's... red sox declined you though too then you know yeah. i mean i guess it's these things game, never like, work this way it's always coming no 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 yeah so i i would say that i would do it if i was the red sox what about you um yeah i you know i i, I probably would um <laughs> You're not qualifying Waka and Evaldi and picking this up. That's three risky, you know, older pitchers. And then you add in sale and you just have kind of a very risky, very expensive rotation, I think. Um, you know, I'd say, you know, probably do it. And then you have at worst, uh, you know, sale, Pavetta, Bayo. If you qualify Waka and he picks it up, him and Paxton, it's an older rotation with Bayo, obviously, as a young guy, but, um, we never know what, you know, Paxton could turn into. I, I do think that if he's at his best, which he at, you know, at his best, he's a really good, good pitcher. I mean, look at his numbers from, you know, uh, time in Seattle, first year in New York. I mean, he's a guy that can give you, you know, 140, 150 innings, never a 200 inning guy, um, you know, a high three, you know, low threes in some years, high threes in other years, ERA. Um, he's really hit the injury wall in the last two years, but if they liked what they saw, you know, it's worth the investment. And this, when you talk about something a big market team can do, you know, that this, this qualifies to me, you know, I think that that really, yeah, and with, um, with all their money to like all those decisions, as you said, they can't do like all three of those and then rely on, you know, right. like, but you know, they're also probably have guys lined up that they want to, you know, pursue in the off season. There's some interesting pitchers out there, you know, right. Chris Bassett's an interesting guy. I mean, obviously, you probably should make a run at Justin Verlander when he offs out. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, like, why would you not want? He's probably going to win the Cy Young this this past year, uh, this this season for the two. Do you have any inside knowledge on that? No, not at all. Um, <laughs> As a voter, I did not. I can't reveal who That's I voted right. for. Can't reveal anything. Next year, uh, when I have but, manager of the year again, I will also not reveal it. But, uh, you know, you look at him, it's like, you know, why wouldn't you want somebody like that to come into your, your team or, or pursue somebody like that? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's some interesting guys. I mean, even like Carlos Rendon, who, you know, has an opt-out. I mean, there's there's some interesting guys. And I know there's right. been some history, history uh, injury history with him and whatnot. But, I mean, you there are some interesting guys on the market, so you don't want to, like, you know – throw all your money at a bunch of older aging guys that you have no idea what they're going to do next year. Mm-hmm. No, I agree. So uh, I, I say yes on Paxton w- with you. 
and then you know Waka and Paxton. You have Waka, Paxton, and Pavetta and uh, Sale in the mix. I mean, it's a little risky, but you know, it's I guess kind of where they are. Uh, probably by the time you're on this podcast next, the Red Sox are going to look extremely different. So I want your 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 parting take here. Um, bold prediction for the Red Sox offseason. Bold prediction. Um, yeah, I think that I think that they are going to go out and get somebody like a a Verlander or like a Shane Beaver in a mm-hmm. trade. Somebody wow. that is is like a Degrom. you know yeah i mean like you know somebody that i and i missed him when i was talking about guys that can opt out and he will obviously he's been saying it since opening day or spring training mm-hmm. um and go right to I atlanta think, i think that's what they need right like they need somebody you know obviously they have ex- like a lot of needs <laughs> yeah <laughs> they need outfielders they need a shortstop if they don't sign bogarts they need stuff but um but like, you know, that changes a lot when you have a, a frontline guy like that. And, you know, technically they don't right now like that. They were missing that this year. I mean, you could say Walker was the ace, but the innings weren't there to be right. an ace and yada, yada, yada. So there you go, folks. Heard it here first. Justin Verlander to the Red Sox. <laughs> <laughs> uh, going to be a busy month. We're going to be uh, busy on this podcast, too. Uh, we're going to be. Doing two two a week from now on uh, for the off season. Got a lot of cool stuff planned. So appreciate you listening, and uh, we'll be back later in the week. <laughs> <laughs>